sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Goddamn fool. I mean, I'm not surprised. I would say it's it should be it should feel different. It should, but you know, after you deal with somebody's shit for so long, it starts to stink. It starts to stink, and then you know, when you're sitting in the shit, it just you stop smelling it. You know, it it it. it sometimes somebody got call you out on it. Mm-hmm. You know, get your life right, and that's what the fuck we're here for. Okay. We're here to shame you into some common sense, some logical thinking, and possibly getting you some. With love. Because we care. That's it. We do each other's hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another week and another installment of a social experiment that we love to call Went Raw. And it's called Who Raised You Hoes? Um, I am your host, Lonnie. And I'm a little bit flummoxed with my Twitter handle this week. Okay. I'm torn between Kelly's Lady Tux. <laughs> and I'm and I'm also thinking of the wall that um, that you use for the summer slide. I'm very confused between the two. Let's go with the Lady Tux. I like that. The Lady Tux? I like that. You know, she gave you a very Janelle Monae mm-hmm. tribute. Yes, very much so. I mm-hmm. love that. I love that for her. Yes. I love that for her. Yes. All right, and I am your co-host, Marlon, a.k.a. The Verse Villain. Why? That's right. Why are the we... Verse Villain. Why are we doing... Why are we going to... Right. Why would you do violence this week? Because I'm, I'm feeling it this week. I am The Verse Villain this week. That's the right. first Villain? That's right. You're feeling it this week. I am. You you, you woke up and violence was already selected. Ah! Yes, it was ticked off. Yes. Oh, no. Y'all, hey, welcome back. Um, I don't know where that handle came from. <laughs> You know, he wants to be a villain. He's not a villain. Why not? You know, you know he, he gives you very much um, Annabelle tease. Not Annabelle. <laughs> not Annabelle, bitch. Ooh, that's sinister. I like that. See what I mean? What? <laughs> it's, sinis- it's Now it's sinister, y'all. Pick me up unless you want that work. I mean, I always say, with when dealing with me, mm. if you want to open Pandora's box, that is on you, sir. Enter at your own risk. Period. That's it. I don't want to hear you complain about it. None of it. Well, um, before we get into the things, mm-hmm. it's time for us to review our favorite show that's up for discussion right now, yeah. which is Insecure. Yes, um, we do know there are other shows that exist. Um, we are still in the middle of our Watch of Pause Rise on Slate TV. Yes, because we will get to that after Insecure uh, is baby, done. Baby. Listen, we're telling y'all right now, Pause Rise on Slate TV. Go watch it. It is running now mm-hmm. so that when we're done with Insecure, you can be right on board with us mm-hmm. when we review Pause Rise. Okay. All right. Yes. That we also, you know... Jam, I fucking love you. Oh God, and we will get to that one later because Big Mouth released a new season. All of a sudden, that bitch didn't say shit. It was mad sudden when they released Big Mouth because he low key sent me a text message like, "Bitch, 
Darius in the season of Big Mouth. I'm like, what? Nobody said anything. They didn't prep us. Bitch didn't give me no lube. And that just went straight in. You know, just, you know, slapping, clapping cheeks with no mm-hmm. type of wetness. You can't do like, that. You got to prep that. You got to prep that, that thing. Someone that big fucking... You know, you got to get her ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. anywho, let's get to this episode of Insecure. Oh, child. If you ever... I call this episode Birth Control to 10 Bitch, because God damn. damn. Oh, my... I ain't ever been that glued to episode of Insecure. Like, that was very real. I, it was very cringy for me. So let's get to these questions, because I think we all thoroughly cringe. Do you believe Lawrence is trying to compensate for something? Go ahead. If he's compensating for anything, it's the loss of Issa. That's how I feel about it. Because, sir, you you did a lot this episode, and I, I feel like he's looking... I feel like he's looking for his purpose mm-hmm. because they flash back to when Issa broke up with him and he walks back in the house and just kind of stands there and you can see the kind of what now thing in his face. And I just, I, I don't, mm-mm. yeah, if he's compensating for anything, it's the loss of Issa for me. I, you know, it's so weird watching First of all, Jay and Christina, the person that plays condolences, condiments, um, being a colada, you name it. Yes, we will continue, real fans of the show will continue to troll her. We kind of do it out of love at this point. It's just, you yes. know, she derailed the plan, so her name is Condola. Mm-hmm. But it could be conference call if we feel like it. Or colitis. You know, or kaleidoscope. You know, that you just know sounds like a nice little ring to it. Well, what about coconut? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. Someone said constipation. I, wow. I, 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 Condolences. So, uh, what Ooh, were you condo- about to say? Oh, child. <laughs> Not condolences. Well, you know. Yeah. Conversation. So, I can't. Give me a point. <laughs> I, you know, with, um, condomless, I... It's hard because I empathize with her. Mm-hmm. Someone on Twitter said she was better off not telling this man that this was his baby. Uh, <laughs> like, oh my god! I mean, low key because he just started acting a fool, which is why I'm like the only thing that he could be compensating for is for the fact that he lost Issa over this situation. I think a portion of him underestimated this life change. Like, hell yeah! You, yes, you already had the job in San Fran, but you. You want to travel from San Fran to Los Angeles every week. I mean, but you 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 have to recognize the fact, just like she said, nigga, you said, just let me know. You was very hands-off about the situation. If you don't have a baby, have, have a baby. Just, you know, let me know what's going on. And it, the, it leads me to another question. Okay. It leads me into another question. Do you think her family was wrong for telling him about the birth via text? How else was he going to find out? Would he pre- have preferred a phone call? It's certain situations that pref- that literally need a phone call. But this is my thing, though. Like, a te- hey, so, hey, what's up? Just giving you the heads up. She just had the baby. 
why are you texting this and not calling FaceTime me, showing me something? Like, what, what are you talking about? While I understand what you're saying, again, if we look at Exhibit A, just let me know what's going on. Also tacked on top of that, as we learned throughout the episode, they don't really care for his ass no way. So no, I'm not going out of my out of my way to call you for fucking what? The baby was born. You can tell by the way they reacted when he popped up in the hotel. I, the, like oh, hello? When he walked in that hospital room, hotel, hospital room, and they looked at him. Oh. Uh, oh. Lawrence oh. is here. Hi. Uh, uh, hi. You actually are a person. And when I tell you, Kiki Palmer, shout out to you, girl. She played the perfect <laughs> sibling. Like, she played the, the right guys. The very, that nigga ain't shit, and I don't give a fuck about him. Who cares? I told you, he ain't shit. I told you he wasn't never going to be shit. When she dug at him, when she's like, oh, oh, we're so tired. I was like, oh, that's a diggy. The jabs were ridiculous. She was letting his ass have it. Yes, she was. Yeah, but I just. He get to come and go when he want. I was like, first of all, stop sounding like one of us in, this, in the predicament. Baby. Because it mirrored every sibling that like has to witness the predicament. Absolutely. Like, to the T. I was like, oh my God, this is scary. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it very much is. Bullshit. Do you believe that their co-parenting situation will see better days? I'm honestly not sure. There are too many too many variables in play for that to actually happen. Because in order for their co-parenting to actually work, uh-huh. they both need to get their ass off their shoulders. Because Condola has to accept the fact that even though originally he gave very much if you're going to have a baby, go ahead and do it, but just let me know what's going on. Giving a very, like, sidebar stance to it. I don't really want to be involved, but I kind of... I, it was... Because when he said that, it didn't give, oh, I want to be in this child's life. It gave, you decided to have this child against my will, against what I wanted to do, and whatever you do is fine with me. Mm-hmm. And now that the child is here, you gave me a different story. So now she has to... Tap into the fact that in order to make it work, she's going to have to tap into the fact that she's not the only person that wants to be a parent now. Mm-hmm. And she has to let go because it takes two to tango. You lay down with this man. You had his child. So you have to be fair in there somewhere. Do you think Lawrence is underestimating the whole situation? Allow me to explain this before you answer. Okay. I'm when, I, I know you are. <laughs> so when I say underestimating... At this point in our minds, Ja was what they nicknamed the son. Ja is supposed to be under three months old. I think he's still like he's still like fresh out the cooch. Right. Sir, I understand you want to spend time with your son, but it's a certain part of a woman that has to be at ease. Though so yes, you are his father. She's not at ease with you spending time with him right away alone. You haven't given her comfort. You're not there when he needs to be consoled. You're not there just to be around, even if it's not like, okay, we're not together. I understand that, but there's a bigger picture here. I want to be there for my child. If that means that I have to be around you for an extended period of time just to show you what I'm trying to do here, I'm trying to build my bond, but I also need you to work with me. If you're not willing to meet me halfway, 
what are we doing here? And that's the portion of the frustration he had with Condola is in order for this to work, at some point, you have to let go. She's still, like, he's still a newborn. Yeah. She's not ready to let go yet. Moms ain't ready to let go of their kid out of their sight with someone that they know, when they know, until, like, the baby's at least six months. And that's with someone they know. Like, your parents, you're not going to sit there and second guess them being around their kid, around their grandchild. And that goes for the aunts and the uncles. But in their situation, the two of them never really got the chance to get to know one another. Mm-hmm. So for her to say, I don't trust you, that didn't sound left to me. Because technically, she didn't know him well enough to trust him. But then it goes back to say, if you did not know him well enough to trust him, why did you have this baby? Well, see, I think that the whole I don't trust you thing didn't come from a space of not knowing Lawrence. I think that it came from a space of, nigga, you are not here to nurture and raise this child the way that I am. I love the way that this episode played out as cringe as it was the entire time because it literally showed both sides of the coin of a conversation about quote-unquote deadbeat dads. Because while Lawrence wants to play a part in his son's life, it's coming from a very selfish space. Mm -hmm. It's not about being a father per se. It's about, I played a part in this too. I need to have purpose in my child's life because I don't want to just have a child out there and they don't have a father in their life. Right. Right? But then on top of that, it's like, you don't really know what it means to be a parent because you're only here when you want to be. Just like he set the plans to come down there every fucking week, but then when he didn't feel like going, he made up an excuse about having to be at work, and then you canceled. But you put this out there. You made this plan. I didn't. I wasn't even for this. So now you starting off wrong already. That's why I can't trust you because you said that you wanted to do this and now every time you don't want to do it, even though I'm not there to watch it, every time it's convenient for you to not be here, you throw that card in. Oh, I got to work. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Meanwhile, you walk around fucking and sucking, going on dates, doing whatever the fuck you want to do and then you want to show up and play Superman. Meanwhile, I'm here every night losing sleep, making sure he's fed, making sure he's raised, all of this dumb shit and then you come in when you want to so you want to sweep him off. I don't even know what you're doing. And if you're so busy at work, how do you have time to take him overnight? Period. Now, I I honor him wanting to be in his child's life, but you have to want to be in his life from a space of wanting to be a father and not trying to get one up on Condola or try to make her seem like she's being a dickhead and trying to keep him out of your life. Because she didn't have to do that. She didn't... Again, you didn't even... You didn't express interest of wanting to be an active father before he was even born. Granted, I get where that comes from because she took the selfish route and was like, I don't give a fuck what you say, I'm having this child. Mm-hmm. Even though he said he wasn't ready. He literally emphasized it the night she told him that he was not ready for this. And that's the slippery slope again, Issa's genius pointing this out. That's the slippery slope when it comes down to parenthood. Because if the other parent is not ready and you take it upon yourself to have the child, you leave a lot of space for energy like this where it can get crazy because if it would have went the other way and Lawrence did take the route of oh I'm not going to be in his life alright I'm the father yay he's born wonderful I'll send you some money in the mail then it would have been like oh I'm doing all these sleepless nights I'm trying to raise this child by myself this is bullshit 
and Lawrence not even here, he don't even give a fuck. So then you damn if you damn if you don't. It's a lot to unpack. It's a lot. I will say, sidebar, we need friends like Derek and Tiffany. Uh, Derek and Tiffany. Derek and Kelly. Yes. We need them because, one, when he hinted at asking about Issa, her response was so on point. Everybody in my life is thriving. They're okay. doing well. Okay. But getting very much, don't ask about my girl. I'm not going to acknowledge her. She's doing fine. Thank you. She's not here for a reason. She knew you were coming. Oh, hello. <laughs> she hello. knew. You would be here. So she said, you know, I'm going to, I love Simone too. I'm going to sit it out because I'm going to deal with that right now. Mm. But I I foresee him moving back to LA. I do too. I see him moving back to LA because I feel like the only way to balance this out is if he moves back. But if he moves back, he would lose his job. Yeah. Yeah. That's the downside to it. He moved to the money. Is like now I'm gonna take a job with less pay, but it beats being back and forth on an airplane once a week. Yeah, and even still, it it's gonna force him to really step up and be a father. If, if you want to be a father and this is what you want to do, are you sacrificing your your job and, and your comfort? Excuse me, your comfort for your child. I feel like Lawrence over the past five years has not fully grown up yet. No. And it's weird to watch it on television because in all essence, he grew out of the hole he was in in season one. Mm-hmm. But in the same sense, he never got out of that mindset of how things are supposed to be. Like, Lawrence is low-key controlling. Mm. Low-key. Mm. Now, if things don't go his way, he has a problem. Like, when, oh, when he was talking to Derek on the side, I'm tired of her bullshit trying to make it seem like I'm not trying to be there. When you got niggas that don't even want to be involved in the kid's life, like, we get that. But you haven't reached the medium of understanding it's beyond the child. You have no respect for the mother. At all. You have no respect for her. You resent her for having him in the first place. You took it like, oh, my child, like, basically, your child being born was like a burden to you. Because it wasn't under your circumstance. So now she's getting the bitter end of it not coming your way and how you wanted it to be. And that's fucked up. And I really appreciated what Derek said. Listen, you got to calm down. John feels all of that energy. Yes, he does. You are bringing it, bringing it into like his upbringing and shit. That shit is not cool. Like you got to chill the fuck out. That was some real shit for him to say to him. And Lawrence can't hear that yet. He's not ready to receive it at all. No. No. Because he doesn't see himself as the problem. Like, you really are a part of the problem. Yes, both, you are. Both, both of you are. are. Yes. But you are a major part of the problem. Yes. Who child? Who child? Oh, my God. So, I, you know, I only got one question left. Okay. And I think we kind of answered it, but I'm asking it anyway. So far, what's your opinion on Lawrence as a father? Again, he's... This showed me that he is truly not ready. He's not ready at all. This showed me that he is truly not ready. And to kind of piggyback off of what you said, as far as his growth is concerned, he Lawrence has not finished being a boy himself. He hasn't. Lawrence still, Lawrence still wants to enjoy the fruits of his labor. He wants to enjoy having the great job that he dreamed of. He wants to enjoy continuing to go out there and, and screw and buy nice things and all that shit. He's still on that. He, I commend him for knowing that he wasn't ready, but this is like putting a nail in the car. You really are not ready to be a father. 
Condola girl, I promise you, Ooh. I would have I would have been that one friend that let's exercise that right. What time you want me to make the appointment, sis? Because uh, I mean this ain't it. I hate that, but it's like I I I just don't I don't believe in bringing children into chaos. I don't either. And I'm not a parent. I want to be a parent, but I'm not one. But just from the outside looking in, being a parent and watching the experiences of a parent of other people, I just wish that. And I, I feel like more people of this generation are thinking about that now. They're like, it's not a lot of kids being made right now because people know I, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. You have to be dedicated. And I, I wish more people were on the road to if I'm going to bring a child into this world, I'm going to bring them in when I know that I am ready to do it. Yes. Because it's not just, they're not trinkets. You're bringing a whole life. This is a whole new person. And they, they're going to depend on you until you raise them up to their adulthood. And even after that, they depend on you. But the, the important part is from being born up until a smooth 25. Fuck that 18 shit because that's a scam. That is a huge scam. 18, they not even done, that. they need you more than ever at 18. But that's another story for another time. But child, we move on from Insecure. Oh, before we move on from Insecure, did you see the preview for the next episode? I did not. I did not. I didn't. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Because I was so, child, the credits rolled and I was still sitting in front of the TV like, First of all, I can't wait to get that track from Thundercat that closed out the episode, which oh, is called so Satellites. Much, so, much good for music. So, so much. when they played phony people's on my shit, I was like, yes! I had to stand for a second. I don't think y'all understand. I love phony people, but they don't get the exposure they deserve. Child. But, <laughs> um, so for the next episode, I kind of can tell you, because when you played it, instead of having it right after the show was done, they mm-hmm. pieced it out. Like, you had to scroll down. And you would see the pre- the sneak peek for the next episode and the wind down. Okay. Now, Christina was a part of the wind down. Mm. And what I didn't know was that she revealed, she recorded that episode where she at literally just gave birth to a second child. So that's wow. they, all the, ba- the baby weight and everything was real. Come Y'all, but oh my god! <laughs> she said, "I got to come to work, leaky, leaky boobs and all." I had got to come. So to work. that emotion was because I, I could feel everything she was going through in that moment. Come on, y'all. Okay. That's that's why because she had just given birth, and Jay's right. a Jay's a father too. So okay. it makes it all easier that you had two actual parents acting out this episode. Come on, y'all. Ooh. So, but uh, next episode, it, we're gonna see. Issa, Molly, and Kelly do a beach day with some of Nathan's friends. This is going to be crazy. And one of his friends says, as they're driving to the beach, I assume, he says, would it be crazy if I um, hooked up with one of your girl's friends? He's like, it's not my girl. She's all over the place. That's Nathan's direct response to him. He said, that girl is all over the place. I'm like, Lord Jesus. Shady boots. And it's not even shady. The last time we seen Nathan, she cried in his mouth. Yeah, that's very true. But it's just like, damn, son. Now, I keep in mind, I remind you again, Issa said it out of her own mouth. If y'all thought I was a mess for the past four seasons, baby, I'm going out with a bang. Shit. <laughs> so, Shit. I'm forewarning all of you. It's that kind of season. All right. 
All right, so let's get into the thing. It's time for you to get up, wipe, and flush. Damn. Get up, wipe, and flush. flush get up, wipe, and flush. Damn. Get up, wipe, and flush. It's time for scroll on. It's time for scroll on. You better get up, wipe, and flush. Get up, wipe, and flush. <laughs> <laughs> I love it for uh, Well, I had to start off with light because it's a little heavy in here. Oh, shit. Okay. Y'all normally do a lot, and I condensed it to four um, stories, but I can talk about one that I didn't put in the notes very briefly. Um, Marla doesn't, per se, care for the music, and that's okay. Um, Summer Walker released Still Over It. Sir, can you repeat that out loud so everyone can hear you? And I am over it. But whatever. Y'all enjoy. I'm not going to yuck y'all, young child. Enjoy it. So, it was was a decent effort for a follow-up. I had to stand a bit because Sis had um, removed a lot of the auto-tune from her vocals. So, yeah. It was like four songs in particular I fucking love, which is the intro to the album, Bitter. Um, I also love Throw It Away. Insane, God insane is everything. And I love Summer when she strips everything down. So you don't know me as my shit. Um, I found the wall to slide on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I would do it to insane. I'm going to have fake tears and everything. And I'm probably going to throw something at the camera as I'm sliding. Nice. You know, give it a real rage room effect. How's the song with Ari Lennox? Oh, unloyal? Mm. Yes. For telling that man I'm not taking your shit today. That might be the only song that I want to listen to just because Ari's on it. Well, the instrumentation stepped up when Ari came on the album because in the middle of the track, you just hear someone on a sat solo. And it was needed. It set the mood. Um, She's very 90s about her features, so you won't hear Ari as like, Toward like the end of the song, oh, okay. So it's mostly her song. So y- yes, you're gonna have to stomach a little Summer Walker. Yes, you're gonna have to deal with that. You're gonna listen. I'll listen to it next year. No, you're gonna listen to I it. I will next year. I'm gonna send it to you this time next year. No, no, no. I'm gonna make you listen to the one song mm-hmm. that you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. gonna. Li- you're gonna. Mm-hmm. You're gonna. Mm-hmm. Don't make. I'm surprised you said it was just decent. People are really raving about it, but I guess you know. This, you know what it is for me. The subject matter didn't change. And that's what it is. The subject matter did not change. Alright. So, let's get into other things. Well, first and foremost, we did lose someone this week. We lost Ronnie Wilson of the Gap Band. And for the children that don't know, yes, his brother is Charlie. Last that's name it. Wilson. Last name Wilson. Last name. This is his biological brother. There's no BS about that. I am reading directly from USA Today. His widow, Linda, released a statement saying the love of my life was called home this morning. Ronnie Wilson was a genius with creating, producing, and playing foglehorn, trumpet, keyboards, and singing music from his from childhood to his early 70s. He will truly be missed. Rest in peace. You, put the, you dropped the bomb on me. Baby, you dropped the bomb on me. Cause you turned me out, baby. You dropped the bomb on me, baby. You dropped the bomb on me. Get into some gap band, child. Okay. Know your black history. Know it. Don't just say you pro black and not know your history. That's it. Okay. So rest in peace, Ronnie Wilson. Thank you for the love and the hits. 
Absolutely. And the cookout music, because baby, hey, hmm. that was cookout music. That's right. Um, I'm going to move on to, I'm actually going to save the heavier story for last. So, you know, they just started refilming Amer- um, Black America's favorite reality show. Um, the girls were gagging when they saw that the children were out filming again and everyone's getting excited and everyone knows how they feel about certain people not returning back to the show. Well, a fan favorite decided to do a little press run. Mm-hmm. You know, optimizing on the girls returning to record. And um, she she had said a few things. She had went on the reel and said some things. But I'm going to read it directly from E.T. Um, our good, good sis, Lamethia Leeds, I did an interview Okay. And she said the following as I read. I'm okay with returning to the show. As long as you know. We can work through a few things, she answered. I'm happy to return to the show. And besides, I have a few... I have a lot, excuse me, of unfinished business with a couple of them they confirmed in the show. When co-host Lonnie Love asked Leeks what would it take to get her back on the show, she responded it would have to... It would need to be a conversation with Real Housewives executive producer producer Andy Cohen before she made any moves. So she needs to discuss that bag. You know, that's what it is. That's what it is. But after a few, the thing is, what I did realize about Andy and what I kind of find a little refreshing is after a while, it's like, okay, it's time to switch this up because it's time to give some girls a chance to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Like, having the same girls sit on the cast year after year after year, the storylines and everything become repetitive, give us something fresh, right. which I understand. And then, from my knowledge of what took place with NeNe before the whole public falling out happened, was they wanted to demote her to friend of the show. Mm. And that's where she had a problem. Oh, gotcha. I mean, child. Now, I feel like NeNe has a one-up here because... From what people have been buzzing about with this new season is that people are like, it's going to be boring now Mm -hmm. because so many people are gone. But I feel like she has a leg in with that because people love me. Mm -hmm. Messy and all. So nine times out of ten, if she gets back on the show, the ratings are going to skyrocket because the girls are going to tune in. Yes, they are. But I feel like this is not the best time for her to come back. Because it's, it's still fresh. Uh, on the heels of Greg's death, I feel like she... We thought we didn't even have no filter before. I feel like she will go on the show and have a fucking meltdown. There's going to be there's going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. Of some, a big one. It's going to be nasty if she ends up going back. Now, it's going to be great for ratings, but it's not going to be good for her. No, because she already, I already know who she will fall out with. It will be a huge fall out with her and Marla. And I think she got a few words to show right to. So... So, it, I know for a fact is a portion of it has a lot to do with Marlo. I don't feel like if she come back, it's going to be a lot of she not fucking with them, she not coming around type deal unless she ready to fight. At this point, yeah. yeah. I can see her trying so to do So, it's that. like, so we just throw you in so you can come in and fight and talk shit? Because you're not going to, who's she going to film with that she like at least halfway okay with? Candy. Because they, they're vocal about not liking each other. So, it's not like it's a you said this behind my back competition is right. so girl, you already know we don't fuck with each other. So again, like she ain't even really filming with her either. She not. You don't you she has no she has no accomplishment. like she don't have anybody to relate to. Like she doesn't like anybody. At this point, as much as I love my girl, I think it's just time for Candy to give up a beach. And I only say that because Candy's 
what else what else can you accomplish on the show at this point? My thing is this. I would much rather see a show with Candy by herself. Than see her on Real Housewives. Because she's you consistently come and outshine everybody as far as like money wise, girl, nobody can touch you. No, and it's gonna continue to be like that because of who Candy is and how she rolls. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I would rather see her have her own show because Candy could get very, very Kardashian tease. People will watch Candy succeed for a long period of time because Candy always got something going on. You know what I mean? So yeah. it won't be a dull moment. It won't, but at the same token, you know, they live for the girls that have shit going on in their personal life. Yeah, and if you true. ain't got nothing going on, child. I mean, but Candy is also an open book, too. I feel like Candy don't really hide a lot of shit. She don't. I mean, it's not like Portia that got her own spinoff. Listen, Portia said, this drama I'm giving y'all, I'm not going back on Real Housewives. It's going to be the Portia show. Listen, if what's the name? What was the other girl's name that had a, a, a spinoff show? Miss Tardy for the party. What's her name? Oh, Kim. That late ass show that nobody right. was really watching. But I mean, they were watching it because it was on for at least, what, three seasons? Mm-hmm. Child, if she can do it, Candy can most certainly do it and go way beyond her. So, I, I, I girl, at this point, I'm like, don't nobody want to see no Ken Zosiak. No, nobody wants to see that. Not even that. I was just using her as a comparison. I'm no. just saying, if she could, if they could get her a spinoff and she get at least three seasons when nobody even fucking cares. The show was still on and no one was watching it. I'm really trying to understand. Why did Kim need a spinoff? Why? Who cared? I didn't care enough. Who, who cared? So I didn't care enough. I don't know. But, you know, we'll see. Nene, I don't think it's time for you to go back, but I know you're probably going to do it anyway. So Speaking of renewals and revivals, hey. Uh-huh. So, you watched Squid Game. I did. I did. How did you like it? I liked it. I was a little pissed about the ending. Mm-hmm. Ending mm-hmm. was strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got it, and it made sense. It did. But it was strange. So... How would you like Strange to continue? I don't. Well, it's going to. Fuck. So, Huang, <laughs> out of fear of mispronouncing um, this man of God's name, his name is Huang. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to refer to him as Huang because mm-hmm. trying to pronounce his last name. I don't want y'all slaughtering me. Right. And ain't nobody got time for that, like, at uh, all. Oh, Don Kuk. Huang. <laughs> Bitch, I said what I said. His name is Huang. Okay, got it. Huang. <laughs> I'm reading it directly from Variety.com. Um, let me see. Make sure I'm reading this properly. Okay, no. He had a Associated Press screening with a Q&A in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he specified that there's been so much pressure, so much demand, and so much love for a second season. So I almost feel like you leave us no choice. Huang told the Associated Press on Monday Night Red Carpet, but I will say that there will indeed be a second season. It's, my, it's in my head right now. I'm in the planning process currently. See, I feel like that's bullshit. Because of the way that it ended. It literally left it open for a sequel. He knew he was going to do He knew what he was going to do. I mean, and I get it. You know, you want to give the fluff and butter. Oh my God, I'm so distraught. You guys are pressuring me so much for another season. I've got to think about it. Bitch, it's already written. It's okay. It's okay. You got a hit show and people liked it. Everybody watched that shit. You made money on Halloween, child. At this point... I would tell Netflix, hey, so due to global demand, 
the bag is going to have to go up. Yeah. Yesterday's price is not today's it's price. It's not today's price. I need you to raise up the bag. <laughs> Y'all want the second season. Y'all want these subscribers, honey. The price went up. The price went up. Listen. Shout out to Fat Joe. Yes. Yesterday's price is damn sure not, not today's, today's price. price. Yes. You're going to have to run me a bag. That's it. So we left that to kind of go to um, documentaries of future. If I make sense. Because there's going to be one nasty documentary about this shit. Mm-hmm. So if you guys do not know what we're talking about, and if you've lived under a rock, let's have that conversation right now. <sighs> so, the weekend is just P.S. It's like, it's Tuesday now. Mm-hmm. So the weekend P.S. It's happened Friday night. Yeah. So in Houston of the Texas, okay, uh-huh. you know, there was a little festival called the Astro World Festival. So. Now, um, the Astro World Festival was, was it, it, it was, is a better way to say it. It was. It was. It was. So this is coming directly from CNN, and let me tell you why it just was. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, members of the densely packed crowd surged toward a stage and were crushed against each other at a music festival Friday night. At least eight people were killed, and a score of others were injured in the chaos, witnesses and officials said. The victims were 14, 16, two were 21, two were 23, and one was 27 years old, while the victims' ages remain unknown. Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner announced in a news conference Saturday evening, there are no people reported missing, the mayor added. At least 25 people were transported to the hospital, and of those, 13 remained hospitalized Saturday afternoon, the mayor said. Five of them were under the age of 18, he added. Now, there's also a story of a young boy that got that came out as well that was trampled, and he's in severe condition in the hospital. He was only nine. What was he doing there? I, I, that, I just, that uh, part, nine? Nine. What? All right, y'all. All right. Nine. Uh, nine. <sighs> now, of course, as you already know, um, he started to get sued. Um, I'm sure. But I, I, I need all of you to understand the logistics of what's about to happen. I, I think all of us don't get it, and let me help you. I've watched more than enough music documentaries. I've watched two documentaries on the Fire Festival. Yes, I have. I'm sorry if you love riveting things of despair happening to white people. The Fire Festival is quite delish. <laughs> quite delish. Um, also, I've watched a documentary on Woodstock 99. My God, I never want to go to that festival. Even if they talked, they talked about bringing it back and that shit got scrapped so fast. Because 99 was such a shit show. I might need to watch that one. If you watch Woodstock 99, baby, you will text me like, this is some wild shit. Okay, I'm going to have to watch that one. It was wild. Was it like, it was different episodes or it was just one thing? It was one consistent documentary. okay. They talked about the conditions which were fucking deplorable. Mm -hmm. And they also get, you're not, trigger warning, they also talked about the rape and sexual assault that took place there too. Okay, all right. So yes, the fire, the fire, the Woodstock '99 one was enough. But here's what happens, right? This is a festival. 
There were people that gave him money and backed into it. And guess what happens when you have to have a festival? What's the one thing you have to have on just about anything you have in your life that has value? Insurance? He's not going to get sued. He's going to redirect that back to Live Nation. Wow. Why he's going to redirect it back to Live Nation is because, one, they actually were the ones that sold the tickets, so everyone that attended the actual festival will receive a full refund. Mm-hmm. Also, I said, yeah, I mentioned that it's going to fall back on Live Nation. They're going to sue him. Then in return, because he had their insured, it's going to bounce back to them, and the insurance company has paid him out. Woo, child. So, yes, he's going to face a lot of public backlash, and any type of performance or anything he has coming up currently is going to get canceled because of the fact that right now, with everything that happened, everyone's going to look at him like a risk. Yeah, pretty much. The thing that pissed me off more than anything was the people, like, I said it on Twitter, and I have to reiterate it. Everyone that decided they wanted to make it about Kendall and Kylie. I'm like, eight people died, hundreds injured, and you're only concerned about the Jenners. What happened to them for them to be concerned about them? Nothing. Mind you, if you know, like I know, most most of the time, if you're with the artist or the band, you're the furthest away from the crowd. Yeah. And if you are, you're probably like dead in the front. You're not trying to be near people that's trying to trample. You don't have time for that shit. They right. were no, and on top of that, COVID is still going on. Kylie, why the fuck were you there? And pregnant. You forgot Child. Kylie is pregnant. I never knew because I don't pay attention to them. Like Kylie that. is pregnant with their second child. It's a lot going on, and then you have people that's talking like, "Oh, of course, you know." The minute that stuff like this happens, everyone has conspiracy theories. It was demonic. It was a demonic sacrifice. I'm like, all right. I wish y'all so can we pull over on stop. this part right here? Because of all the things that I'm concerned about when it comes to stuff like this, here's my biggest issue. Whenever something either very successful or very detrimental happens to a star on this level, y'all instantly go to devil and demonic shit. Instantly. I want y'all to stop. Okay? If, that, if that's the case, if we relied on, let's just say, other entities, I'm not giving it a name, if we relied on other entities, why is it that we're not further? Why is there not more money? How about that? I mean, seriously, they're like, oh, it was a sacrifice. I'm like, y'all believe way too much. And these are mostly people that have never picked up a Bible or stuck foot in a church in their damn life. Furthermore, bitch, for all y'all being want to be Bible thumpers and all of this shit, y'all surely believe in all this witchcraft and stuff that's not supposed to be real. It's not real. <sighs> y'all don't believe in the Lord. That a, bitch, you can't even tell me the last time you read the Bible. Sit, spare me. y'all even know about a blood sacrifice spell and all this? Shut up. Uh, just stop. Now, what I will tap into a little bit is, Travis, first of all, let me preface this before I go any further by saying, if you play the Travis Scott song right now, you and need to be a to psych- name it, I would not be able to do so. I only know one. I don't know nothing about this man. I don't know what he made. I don't know nothing. I only know one. But this is also coming from the person that named his fans the Ragers. I just want everyone to really pick up on that. But And that's where I was going. It's like you you 
inspire and promote this type of activity. So, and me reading the stories of people who were actually there, it sounded like a fucking horror movie. It sound, the funny part was I had a friend that actually did go. Wow. I had a friend that was there. Him and his spouse I went to Astro World. And I asked him about that. I said, so wait, what the fuck is, I mean, what, what, like, what's going on? Right. And he said, it actually did happen. Luckily, he said, with everything that was going on, he and his partner had got separated for a moment in time, but <sighs> they made it out alive. They're fine. Oh, shit, child. That's too much. I, listen, I, <sighs> that's what I have to say about all that. It's, it's, that's just, it's too much. Stop calling it demonic shit, sir. And I need artists to take a little bit of responsibility for what you put pour into your fan base and how they react about the things that you do and say. Because while, mm. while, mm. first of all, it's not up to these artists to raise your kids. It's really not. It's not their responsibility on that front. But as artists, you all kind of have the power to navigate certain things. Because they're going to listen to you before they listen to anybody else. It's just the sign of the times right now. People are really into following people that they really love and adore and all that bullshit. Mm. All right. But you and this, they're ragers, rage on, do what you want to. You got to kind of look at it and be like, all right, sir. Like, they was just following your lead. Now, I added a segment that I didn't write down. And um, I didn't tell Marlon. I kept it to myself. Because mm-hmm. I felt, and I even checked, you did not talk about it. So, yes, you will get triggered. And I and I, I promise you it's for a good cause. You will get triggered. Whatever. This is payback for last week. I see what this is. All right. What is it? I told you I was going to get that ass back. Uh-huh. But, this, you know, I'm not petty. You I'm, are. I'm it's just, okay. I'm it's just, real petty. It's okay. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm a little bit of a bitch, but <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, anywho, so um, this is my take on this. Isn't even how you should feel. I'm gonna call this a reality check. Mm-hmm. So in this reality check, there is a gentleman that went around. He had um, it's a TikTok video. I think you've seen this. If not, I'm about to show you. I'm going to start it from the beginning, and I'm going to let it play out and actually show Marlon what happens. Because in the very beginning, he does not talk about what happened until he leaves from the establishment. So I'm going to put it right here, let you see it. There's a cute guy I want to say hi to. Hold on. I'm getting myself together. I have the courage to go to a bar by myself for the first time. I'm very excited. People keep giving me dirty looks. Now, let us talk about this because I promise you I'm about to get on my Monique soapbox and let you bitches motherfucking have it because I'm goddamn tired of all of you bitches. And I've had enough. 
I'm on my Martin shit today. Y'all are going to hear my motherfucking mouth. I said from the beginning when the weather started to motherfucking drop that Big Boy season is 24-7. It's year motherfucking round. We do not wait until the fall and the winter to become your type. We don't. And I always will stand on that. And it is what the fuck it is. But this is the part that pisses me the fuck off. We've known, and we're we're gays of a particular age, Okay, there's wisdom here. We knew when we were younger that there were motherfuckers like this that exist. Mm-hmm. When we go into certain spaces, I know. you feel self-conscious. You don't know, like, you already antagonized what you wore to the club. Because gays ain't going to tell you, but I'm going to be the one that told you. We got at least two outfits figured out, accessories on the side. And we are in the mirror trying to figure out if we look good or not. So the last thing we're thinking about is, hey, maybe this person may not be attracted to me. He was brave and decided to shoot his shot in a club. But you motherfuckers decide that you want to act as if we're high school children in a boy's fucking locker room and belittle him in front of a, in public as if he does not have feelings if he's not human. This boy went home crying. He did not finish his drink. He left and told, basically said that y'all insulted him and said that he's too fucking fat. Nine times out of ten, your mama is fat. Your daddy is fat. Your auntie, your grandma. There's someone in your family that is plus size. So please spare me the bullshit. Oh, I won't date someone bigger. But you're the main person in the middle of the night when you want to get your rocks off that's in my motherfucking inbox. Hmm. Why is it that I have to come on here? I've been doing this show for three years. And every time, at least once a year, I have to get on someone for some fat phobic fucking shit. And the thing is that hurt me even more is that when one of my friends decided to make it a joke and say, oh, why don't the bears and cubs go to the club with the bears and the cubs? So I have to be confined to my own public setting. Oh, bitch. Now, wait a fucking minute. Okay, so... I understand, and my thing is this, I understand it may have not been said in a light to be offensive, but the fact that it was even said and you thought that it was funny is offensive in its fucking self. Because you're perpetuating perpetuating that activity. Exactly. You're continuing the cycle of the bullshit. If it's not for you, it costs nothing to be like, I... I'm going to be real with you. I don't think this is going to work for me. I'm. Just, it's not my thing. It costs nothing to not do, belittle someone or disrespect them to their face because you're not above rejection, let alone that type of humiliation that goes along with rejection. <laughs> let me start here. Start. Rejection is a part of life. It is. We are all going to be rejected by someone, something, some situation, some position, whatever. It is a part of life. Here is where I have a problem with you gays. It does not take you being nasty as fuck to tell someone that you're not interested. Thank you. It don't take all that. Because what you're showing me in your rejection is that you have issues and insecurities of your own. And you feel like you have to project those things onto somebody else because you are not interested in that person. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to give him a, a you too ugly, you too fat to be trying to talk to him. Bitch, first of all, you too ugly to somebody else. 
Talk about the thing. And nine times out of ten, someone has done this very thing to you. Or you one of them bitches that people have told they pretty too many times, and now you feel like you got this pretty tax that you can fall around to everybody the fuck else. Bitch, don't nobody give a fuck about how cute you look because nine times out of ten, the prettiest motherfuckers are always the ugliest ones inside. I won't say always. I will say the majority of the time. Sometimes. But this type of shit is so fucking unnecessary. And before one of you bitches try to come out of your mouth and say to me, oh, we don't owe nobody nothing. We ain't got to be counting nobody else. If I don't like you, I I don't like you. If you don't like a person, all you have to do is say no. That is a complete sentence. It comes with a period. It doesn't it, it doesn't garner an explanation after that. All you have to say was no. You don't have to go any further than that. Like, um, you know. It, or, <laughs> I don't know. You can just be kind. Oh, no, I'm dating somebody right now, but what are you drinking? Let's chat. I see you here by yourself. What's going on? What's good? Oh, but I get it. A lot of you pretty bitches like to run in pretty packs. So that y'all can... Anyway. Rejection, part of life, this shit, unnecessary. I keyed when Lou said that this shit reeks of a protein-shaped gay. Don't it, though? It reeks a protein-shaped gay. Motherfucking pre-workout, always in the mirror gay. Yes, it does. It reeks of it. Because you, you know the Jake... The, Excuse me, the gays that love the gym love to look down on people that don't frequent it. So it's like always this. But it it struck me because you had so many mixed opinions. And I'm like, pay attention to the motherfuckers that had something negative to say about the opinion. Like the ones that had something negative to say instead of telling that young man that don't worry, that rejection, I promise you, is God's protection from these fuck niggas. And for your friend... Yes. That gave the whole, why don't the uh, bears and, and cubs go party with the bear? We do. We always do. And when you skinny bitches step in, we look at you funny too. Don't be trying to be hit to the party because nobody trying to pull to your bumper. Because you look like a thirsty bitch when you step into bear and cub parties. And motherfuckers know why you're there. And those that are into that will be into that with you. Why you skinny bitches run around be with your nose all up in the air. Coming in a space that's not "quote unquote" built for you, and this is why you don't see the bears and the cubs in the clubs. Why? Because of shit like this. Yeah. And then want to sit here and question why we have things like Big Boy Pride. Who raged you guys? Literally, Who it is the y'all? best response to this. <laughs> Who the fuck raged y'all? It's why we're here, honey. This this is why we're here. So you know, just. It's no, why the I'm, fuck we're here. I'm, I'm dragging you by your fucking neck every time. Words mean fucking things. They do. And it's time for you to learn that. Maybe someone needs to beat you in the face and let you understand that your words have power. And they can belittle someone. Yes, self-esteem has a lot to do with self. But it doesn't mean that you have to be an asshole to try and justify yourself. You to because it was unnecessary. All you had to do was say was, no, thank you. That's all you had to say. say. I'm not interested. And mind you, it might have stung a little bit because rejection stings. But he wouldn't be running away crying. He wouldn't feel like he needs to be wrapped up in his his crib again and never to come out by himself. But y'all don't give a fuck about nobody else. You have no empathy. You lack empathy. Until you understand how bad body dysmorphia could be like, I'm going out tonight. 
And then you look through all your outfits and going in the mirror trying to get yourself together. And it's just like, yo, I don't feel comfortable with none of this shit I'm not going. Child, Until y'all been there, you cannot tell that man he needs to grow up. They don't know nothing about it. Y'all need to grow up because it's not, that was unnecessary. It was uncalled all, all for. All you had to say was, I'm not interested. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. I hate men. Like I love, I love and hate men at the same time. <laughs> like I don't know how, any other way to put that. But anywho, I need a refill, and we need to get ready because I heard somebody's pot is already is already staring. That's right. I heard That's it. right. It's a it's, full it's, bowl. It smells delish. Yes. Yes. What is, what's delish. in it? You know, we'll find out after the break. Go we'll find out after the break. That's it. Well, with that being said, we'll be right back, y'all. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fran. What's wrong, Fran? You know we ain't getting no listener letters this week. Mm-hmm. We get one and y'all don't know how to follow suit. I don't understand. Like, literally, we got one. Just one. Just one. That's okay, though. That's okay. Because, you know, we have who, who, who said it was okay? No, 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 no. no. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm getting somewhere with this. I'm oh, getting somewhere. Go ahead. I'm okay. going somewhere. Oh, okay, go, I'm going somewhere. go there. Because, you know... When you don't do what we ask, it just gets us from scolding on. Mm-hmm. So here we are again. Listener letters. You know where to put them? I'll tell you where to put them. Tell them. Ask W-R-Y-H podcast at gmail.com. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. It's not. It's not. You could just, you know, type in a question about something you heard on the episode or maybe you want some advice on how to get rid of that itchy scratchy or... Oh. You know, maybe oh. you got a trifling best friend that slept with your man. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, it could be messy like that because we take things like that. Or, or as you saw last week, you could give us a conversation piece. You know, you an idea for an episode, even if you. Want. I mean, you know, if we, you want, if you want to jump out, jump out that way. I mean, if you want to jump out, if you want to jump out, jump out, jump out. Do what the fuck you got to do, but when you do it, do it right. Put that in askwryh at gmail.com. Get it together. Because we ain't got time. We don't. And yet, business inquiries. You know, you saw us review Simon Walker's album very briefly, you know? Very. very d- don't do that. You see us also reviewing Insecure beforehand. Yes. We did For the Boys. Yes. We did The Thing. Yes, we did. You know, you want us to review your stuff. Mm-hmm. Submit it. Yeah. W-R-Y-H podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Business inquiries only. Let me say that again. Mm-hmm. Business. I don't care about your money stuck over in Africa. Mm-hmm. I don't care about you got millions sitting somewhere overseas and you need me to help. You need me or Marlon to help you get that money. Out. I don't care. I don't care. No okay. No, no scams. scams. No fucking scams. Get to it. That's it. next time you want to hear Diva. Hmm. I'm going to say that and we're going to move on. That's it. Period. Bitch. Get it done. And did you leave us a review yet on Apple Podcasts? Did you? Did you? You haven't. You haven't. I ain't seen nothing. Mm-mm. So get, you do that too. Get on your job. Rate, comment, subscribe. Get on your job. Fucker. We back, bitches. I was going to say something. I'm going to say something. You were not going to let me sing. You didn't want. You didn't want to let me. You pause for the calls. I I didn't know. I wanted to say, <laughs> we're back, we're back, we're back. Hey, twerk on his back. We're back, we're back. Twerk on his back. Wow, wow.
right, so we're back. And uh, yes, it's time to throw these ingredients in this pot. It's is time it? for Marlon to stir the fucking pot. Oh, no. All right, so I condensed it down to two this week. Oh, no. So we got two. Oh, oh Lord. But uh, since Lene said that I chose violence today. You did. So I'm assuming it's going to be a violent. We're just going to keep the party going. We're just going to keep it going. He's going to ride this train right on out. Oh, hell. So we're choosing violence, figuratively and literally. So I was sitting back thinking the other day about the whole astral world situation um, and also thinking about the running trend that has always been around, but it gets more and more prominent as the years pass when it comes down to violence. Mm-hmm. We like violent media. We like to watch fight videos. Squid Game is getting another season. And it was murking bitches left and right. Bitch. You know, so I wanted to kind of dive into how we feel about violence. Mm. So my first question is, what is it about violence that entices people? I guess you could say to get out that that urge, you know. That, that feeling that they have of rage deep down inside. You know, um, when you dealt with too much fuck shit, you tend to choose violence. <laughs> and you've been nice for way too long. Because, um, you know, people like to take advantage of that nice shit. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta throw a chair across the room. You know, I, I just... Camp I, a car. Bash in the windshield. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you want to keep going? Yeah. Oh. You know, yeah. break an iPhone. <laughs> Not break an iPhone. Damage some property. Freak you all right? You want to talk about him? You know. <laughs> wreck his car. Oh, okay. So we see where your violence lies. All right. <laughs> Take time to walk off repeat, bitch. You don't need no more. Um, but I, it, it always amazes me because I've never been a violent person. Mm-hmm. And... Yet still, I will admit that there are violent things that I enjoy from time to time. And I, I've never really figured out what it is about violence that, like, you almost can't take your eyes away from it. Like, when people do show, like, fight videos, fight clips and stuff like that, even though you don't want to promote it, if it's quote-unquote getting good, I kind of can't turn away. So you choose violence on a daily basis. Not on a daily basis because I don't I do not consume fight videos on a daily basis. It's not really my thing. But like if I think about how we're entertained by violence on many different avenues, like for me, if I was to kind of take it to not being a violent person myself, if I go back and think about things that I like and love that are violent, I love violent video games. Fighting games are my favorite games to play. So, you know what? This this is fair. Because yeah. I remember your Mortal Kombat kick. Yeah. And it's still, it's on my system right now. I haven't played it in a very long time, but I like Mortal Kombat too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a thing. I like fighting games. So, you're the type to fight virtually, not physically. Well, no, I don't. No. Physically, no. I, I have never had a fight in my life. No. Altercations, but I wouldn't call it a fight because a fight would require someone to fight back. There would need to be some parrying involved. Never done anything like that. Have I hit somebody before? Yeah. But 
in a fight where it went to blows with somebody, that's never happened. See, I know me. <clears throat> I find my sin, but it's very rare because, you know, I'm a gem by nature. So when the twin does come out, run for cover, motherfucker. Oh. Just run. Well, see, that takes me into my second question. Have you ever had a physical fight in your life? No, but I had people have me fucked up. <laughs> okay, explain the difference here. What are we saying? So sometimes when people have you fucked up, it's mm-hmm. because they keep doing fuck shit. So you think you got me fucked up. Mm-hmm. And that's where you got me wrong. Because, you know, I would hate to have to get physical. Hate. <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to go there. So why? So let me ask you this. So, bias both being people that have never been in physical altercations before. You're frowning. You just told me you've never been in a fight. Let's 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 clear this up. So have you or haven't you? Because your face says you have. So I have saying? been in an altercation or two. Oh, oh, okay. So give me the. This is what years, happened. This is years ago okay. when when I low key deserved. Um, but I don't like stunts and dramatics. So the first one, I, I'm not telling that story. The second one was the lover squabble, and it just was high-key embarrassing. I'll say that. Okay, so what incited that fight? How did you all get to blows? Well, we weren't in blows. It was a verbal altercation. Oh, verbal. So it wasn't like a physical fight. We're talking about physically at this point. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Okay. You sure? Is that your final answer? Alex. I, I'm just making sure because I had to double back because you was giving me the faces, the frowns, and the hoo-hahs. I was trying to make sure. We're right Move on, Alex. Anyway. So, as I was saying before, since we are people that have not gotten into physical altercations, um, I'm just making sure <laughs> what, what exactly <laughs> the fuck, what exactly would push you to the edge to get physical knowing that you're not a like you're not a fighter like that mm-hmm. what would because like you said earlier you would hate to have to get physical with somebody so you kind of we kind of have the same mindset of that so what would it take to get you to that point you have to keep pushing me and i hate to be pushed mm-hmm. i mean the last bitch that pushed me was pinned against the wall with my hand around her throat so i would hate to have to go back to that Okay. I would hate that. Though. All right. Now, what what did this person do to you to get you to that point? See, all of the instances I was young and didn't have a, a exact control of my temper. Mm-hmm. I was very young, very rageful, mm-hmm. and um, this this child of God, <clears throat> who is family, mm-hmm. had made reference to one of my parents and repeatedly got disrespectful and before I knew it my hand was around the throats and the person was up against the wall and couldn't breathe Mm. let's just say now temper is it's come a long way yeah yeah. it's come a long way I'm sure somebody had to peel you off of them yes yeah then Mm -hmm. they were coughing trying to gasp for air almost to death have they tried you since no they know better now That's what I thought. They know better now. I don't know what it would take for me to get physical because I've always been a um, proponent of peace. 
And I don't really, not even really, I don't believe in getting into violent spaces because I feel like if it can't be resolved by a conversation or if you just on some dumb shit because I feel like my emotional intelligence is higher than most folks. So I'll just walk away from you and just let you look dumb. But I don't know what's going to be the trigger to make me get physical. Because you can't really say anything to me to push me to that point. Because you can't talk about my family and get me to that point. Because I, I know my family. Fuck you, bitch. Whatever you got to say is just completely on me. Now, um, you can't say anything about me, bitch. The things that I've done in my life, where I am. You can't talk about me being positive, bitch. I don't give a fuck, duh, bitch. Next caller, what is it? Like, there's nothing you can insult me about that will make me get to that point. I think that the only thing that will get me to the point of being physical with you is if you are physical with me. If you get me to that point, honey, I, I, I'm going to have to call you and, or somebody and let them know what a lockbox is for bail because they're not going to make it out unscathed. Text it to me. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> Alright, listen. It's just I already have the escape plan planned. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna leave it in this lane spot just in case mm-hmm. one night. But like, yeah. It's locked up in the house. Go there, the keys are with my belongings, go and we'll tell you exactly where to find it. I can bail myself out. I don't need you. That's it. So this moment where you had your hand around this person's throat, how did you feel after that? Was it an instant calm down, or did you rage on a little bit more? How did you feel after that? I was smiling. Huh! Okay. Because, you know, sometimes only but so much talking is going to go into mm-hmm. me telling you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Until, you know, it went oops upside your throat and closing up. Like you, uh, did, like you ate something you allergic to. Mm-hmm. I would hate for that to happen to you. Yeah. I would hate to be that person. He's gone. But when people have been fucked up, he comes out in a rage. I don't think that's time for my swing. Nobody has time for that. That's crazy. Okay. Got you. Now, I've had situations where when I was younger, I had to put my hands on somebody. I remember one situation vividly where huh, this guy that lived on the block mm-hmm. was messing with my brother. Oh, no. And. I didn't take very kindly to people picking on my little brother, but people also took my kindness for weakness and thought I wasn't going to do shit. So he kept picking on my brother, picking on my brother. He caught himself chasing him, trying to fight him. And my brother ran in the house and I stood in front of him and was like, back the fuck up, leave my little brother alone. And they wanted to play pussy and he got fucked. So <laughs> he jumped up in my face and I kicked him under his arm and knocked out a tooth. Oh. Yeah. So you do understand this counts as a physical altercation. Well, what I said was I've had situations where I've gotten physical, but I've not had a fight. A fight constitutes someone fighting you back. Okay. He went his ass home. Okay. Yeah. So I've not had a back and forth squabble fisticuffs type of situation. I've not done that. So, and and after that, 
you the blood rushes to my ears. I can feel it right at the tips. I get very hot in the face, and it takes me a minute to calm down. And mind you, that wasn't like a full rage. I had just had it. So for future wrath, what calms you down when you choose violence? That's the thing. I don't experience it enough to know. And the way I'm set up and the way these Marlon Senior jeans are in here, I don't I don't know. I don't See, know. See, one of my friends is the type of person that they get into an altercation where it might turn physical. I already know. I'm like, yeah, so uh, I already chose the place where we're going to go eat. It's this wonderful <laughs> place around the corner. Um, I already set, I already looked into the menu. It looks delish. Um, yes, they take cards. I'm on my way there now. Mm-hmm. Just sit down. And no, we cannot talk about it until there's a plate in front of you and you at least had about three bites. Listen, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. If, if you're there and it happens, I know your rage is going to be full on. I'm probably going to black out and I will not be there. I don't have time for that. I'm going to let you know that now. <laughs> I'm just telling I'm you. I'm going to be the type of person like, I, we, we, you decide right now we can leave and this never happened. Let's see if I, uh, yeah, I don't know. You're going to have to catch me before the light go out. Because I, I don't have time for your skills to I'm be unbalanced. Just no one has, I'm just saying. No one has time for your skills to be unbalanced. There's not. And that's what I'm saying. If the girls don't don't play pussy and get fucked. That's it. That's it. That's all. Okay. So let's talk about people that always choose violence. So how do you conduct how do you conduct yourself around people? that are always on ready when it comes to violence. We all know somebody that is ready to fight at any given moment, likes to throw it out there and talk shit about how they can't get their ass whooped, you won't beat me, blah, blah, blah. How do you handle being in the presence of people like that? In the words of Kelly, my friends don't associate in those types of people. <laughs> <that type. laughs> my friends have common sense. Mm-hmm. I feel like someone that's always looking for a fight is ignorant. I don't care mm-hmm. because who lives to just physically harm another person and gets a kick off of it? I think there's something wrong. I think you need to go sit on someone's couch. I love you, and I just say that because it's the truth. But if you're that person that always needs to fight, always needs to turn up, you're not around me. Yeah, I don't have time to deal with that. Then you want to get all. Then you want to get all mad and you want your feelings and you want to snarl at me. Like I suggest you calm your happy go lucky ass. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. Because this ain't a fight that you want. Listen, I just... There are people that exude that kind of energy that I'm just like... I want to know what happened for you to be in a space to like not... That you can't just be in a moment Mm -hmm. and enjoy yourself without thinking about who asked who I gotta be. And... I feel like people that feel that way have been in predicaments that have made them have to be that person. And I respect that on that level because it's a form of trauma. And it's a trauma response to be like, yo, when I go into any space, I know where all the exits are. I know who going to turn up. I'm watching everybody. All the-. And I, I guess some would say I have for lack of a better term, a privilege of living carefree where I don't think like that. 
but also someone would look at me and be like, you ain't never had a fight in your life and you don't pay attention to your surroundings. You, that's dumb. And I don't, because I've not lived my life in that space, I don't really believe that. But again, I haven't had these experiences, so I wouldn't know. With the funny part is with networking because I make it no secret I have to network in order to get the show where we need it to be. Mm-hmm. I have to go into some spaces that where you have to worry about these things. Like, how many people in here actually look like they might have a little company with them for better lack of words? <laughs> no company. And I have a friend that will tell me like, yeah, there's like three people in here that got it on them. Like, okay. And I go back to care, carefree. Like, okay. I, I personally am like, as long as I pull it out, I really don't give a shit. Right. But sometimes it's important to have that friend that chooses violence in certain yeah. spaces. Because it's like, very yeah. true. Like, um, how many are in here? Yeah. If it's more than three, yeah, we need to hurry up and make this quick. We got to go. Right. And not even in a space of, I need you to fight my battles, but you the motherfucker that's going to know who moving and who not. So, and if someone start moving funny or getting a little rah-rah, you know that person's about to sit here and reach for um, the tool. I'm like, as they reach for the tool, I'm reaching for the keys in the door. Listen, if you're not in the go. vehicle with me, I don't know what to tell you. Uber and Lyft are available. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So my last question for this is, what situations do you deem necessary for violence? Life or death. Life or death situation. Okay. Life or death. If, God forbid, someone came up on me, tried to assault me, whether it's physical harm or sexual, I'm going to react physically. Like, if you don't get the fuck, like, <laughs> I'm going to get some of this dumb shit. Like, back up off of me. Yes. But no, there are certain situations where it is called for, and I normally say life or death. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm, I'm very with that. Fight or flight responses dangerous situations where bitch I need to get you the fuck up off me I want to li- I want to live those situations definitely I I feel like as long as the motherfucker ain't putting their hands on me you can rah rah all you want tell them say what the fuck you got to say but tell the them. minute that you lay a hand on me I cannot be held responsible for bitch is over I just can't I just can't I'm not a killer but don't push me bitch say that don't fucking push me all right, so let's move on to something lighter. Even though, in some ways, I could be viewed as choosing violence with this subject. Oh, Lord. But at any rate, we're going to talk about something that both of us love so much, and that's music <sighs> and feelings. Oh, God. <laughs> so I was sitting back listening to some music the other day, and something came on, and it took me to a place. And it made me think about how music is so transformative. It's, it's, I, I, I will say this. Music is magic. I don't care what nobody says. It is. It, it works in so many different ways and so many different things. But it got me to thinking about how music affects our feelings. And by us both being lovers of music, I wanted to run down a couple of different scenarios okay. when it comes to music okay. and figure out how those things make us feel. Okay. So, my first one, give me a song that brings you to tears of sadness. Mm-hmm. 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 
lot. There's a lot. A song that gets you every time it brings you to tears of sadness. What is it? It's a story behind why I say this, but and if you a real fan, you already know where I'm about to go. Sade Pearls. Is <gasps> a sentimental reason why I say that song in particular. Okay, so give but... me your reason for Pearls. G- give me your reason. So, I was dating this nigga. Okay. And I'm telling it. This is back when I talk about my Aries. This is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And his car was in the shop at the time. And he asked me to pick him up from North Penn because he had come back in mm-hmm. from the city from his company's holiday party. Oh. And he's already drunk. I drive him from um, North Penn to his house. And I had just purchased the Festa Shade CD. And. Woo! Right. <laughs> so. We get there. We're talking. We're in the car. Nothing has nothing has happened. Mm-hmm. And he starts to tell me, mind you, he's drunk. He just came from a holiday party. Oh shit! And he's like, I I didn't know any other way to tell you, but um, I went and got a ring for old boy. He says this. He drops this bomb on me, bitch. He drops shit, this bomb. My he drops this bomb on me as Shade's Pearls is playing. Oh no! See, that's and, what the fuck I'm talking about. And I instantly burst into tears because it's like it's a whole like I said it's an entire backstory. Right, but but as the gym that I am, got my face together real quick. I was like, I'm fine. He was like, what? I was like, I'm fine. But listen, I, I got to go. Listen, for real, for real. The, what the? While Sade's Pearls was playing. Oh, my God. Yes. That is, why, that is why I'm emotionally connected to that song. Oh, my God. Damn. Mm-hmm. Ooh, bitch. Okay. All right. Talk about setting the mood. Yeah. Tell me about it. Okay. So, a song that brings me to tears and sadness every time. First of all, it's not even a full song. Okay. The pause interlude by Jill Scott on the Woman CD. Ooh. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say the lyrics to y'all because like I'm thinking about it now. I don't want to fucking cry right now. She says, "Hey, it's me. I'm calling to schedule." No, make that nece- schedule another. No, make that necessary. Breakdown. Break Bitch. First of all, it's, it's another interlude that is on that project where w- the willing interlude, bitch. <laughs> we're, not, we're not even. We're the not willing even. interlude is everything. <laughs> Pause wears me out every time because it's one of those what I call bitch get your shit together songs mm-hmm. and it really makes me reflect every time on where I am and also it's one of those songs that gives me a moment to really expunge everything that I'm holding on myself. Yes. Because all of us you might not even recognize it, but all of us are walking around and holding ourselves up, literally. 
I dare you to pay attention to your body one day. Because I know now, lately, I've been holding myself up like this. And I literally have to breathe and relax. But you be holding yourself like that all the time. There was a point in my life where I had to catch myself. I would be holding my breath. And not paying attention to it. And had to literally breathe. <sighs> so much. But that song, every time I hear it. First of all, I have to play it like three or four times. Because as soon as I hear it, she gets to singing. And she gets to that part where it said, I won't be answering anything. I'll be so busy with my knees on the ground. I'm done. I'm I'm done. Like, just lay me out. It's just, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's like me with the Willing Interlude. Whew. Me and the Willing Interlude, I'm like, oh my God. Mm-mm. Sis gave a sermon, a sermon in the Willing Interlude. She really did. She really did. Shout out to Jim. We love you. Too. Yes. All right. Shelly Pasada from North Philly, y'all. So, give me a song that brings you tears of joy. Kirk Franklin's Imagine Me. Ooh, talk about it. Okay. I will never forget the first time I heard Imagine Me. So, back in high school, right? Mm-hmm. I would get up before the rest of the family because I was always the one that took the longest in the shower. So, to avoid conflict, I would get up well before, like, even my parents. Mm-hmm. So, one time in particular, like, my mom would always have on, the, like, she would have on 107.5. You from the, from the East Coast, you already know. Mm-hmm. In the morning on either 107.5 or Kiss at the time, which I think it was, they normally would have inspirational hour for people that's getting up and going to work and stuff like that. Gotcha. So, they would play nothing but gospel music in the very beginning of the morning before you get to the morning shows. Mm-hmm. Now... It is 5.30 a.m. Imagine just getting up. Imagine. Imagine (laughs) getting up. And on the radio, you hear, imagine me being free, trusting you totally. Mm. Finally, I can. Can you imagine me? I admit it was hard to see. Being in love with someone like me. Mm. Finally, I can. Can you imagine me? Imagine hearing those lyrics. And then he gets to the bridge, which is like the best part of the song. So he's like, imagine all the hurt and the pain is now gone. Hello. Gone. Mm. It's gone. Baby. All gone. He's like, what your mother did, gone. What your father did, gone. What your family did, gone. All gone. Mm. That song is powerful. It is. That's why I said, uh, Kurt Franklin, imagine me. Okay. Okay. My Tears of Joy song is Let Us Cease Higher Than This. Baby! First of all, first of all, the throat on that woman, I could just slap her every time. That Turn Me Loose album alone. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, don't you, don't! Turn Me Loose was a project! (laughs) From beginning to to end. end. It was a project. Say uh, her face off, but higher than this is such an the inspiration in that song. Oh my god! For me, another one, another Lettucey Comfort song. Of course, is going to be all right. Now I'm going to reference both the one that she has by herself and the one that she did with Robert Glasper. Mm-hmm. Which yes. Like, uh, yes, yes, absolutely. 
Mm. Absolutely. Gosh. Yo. Dope shit. Mm-hmm. All right. So, give me a song that makes you want to turn up. Um, I am going to go with a song that makes me want to turn up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you better search. Dig in, the, dig in the crates of your mind, friend. Come on. Um, ooh, okay. It's mad random, but it's a song that does make me turn up. Rihanna's cockiness. Come on, bitch! <laughs> yes, yes. There have been many a time where we put that song, me and Jay used to put that song on before going to the club, bitch. Yes. Yes. Come on, cockiness. I love it. Um, One song that makes me want to turn up. Y'all don't know, I am from Chicago, which means that I am a househead by default. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, my turn-up song is Eric Robeson, Change For Me. Bitch. Now, if we talking Eero, that is from fucking <laughs> Rawway, New Motherfucking Jersey. Because mm-hmm. we talking about Eero. Yes. My shit from Eero, it's a lot, but one in particular, if I'm thinking a party song, mm-hmm. for me, it's Borrow You. Borrow You is my First shit. First of all, <laughs> you put me on to that song, and I had to put it on a playlist. Because she's cute. Because she's cute. She's real cute. Absolutely fucking little bit. It will always be my shit from him. It's Borrow You. Yes. All right. Give me a song that irritates your soul. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh my god. Um I have can it be plural? Sure. Most of Future's catalog. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> There's very few that I have to give co- credit for. I love fucking Sokabas mm-hmm. and um Stick Talk. After that, you can keep the rest <laughs> of the toxic nigga anthems. They can stay with him. Mm-hmm. I am good. But those two are the only two future songs you'll catch me playing, especially Stick Talk. I don't know why I love Stick Talk, but it's like the only future song. I'll be like, no, y'all give Child, me this one. You speaking Russian to me because I don't know. I'm about to fuck this cash on the new toy. <laughs> I, I listen. I you need a, I always say it. I mean, my niggas with a little bit of sprinkle, mm, not even just, a full just, sprinkle, just a, little. a little toxicity, just a bit. Oh my god! Keep me on my toes, just a bit, okay. not a lot, just a bit. Just a bit. I know my limit, just a bit. Okay. See, my thing is when I think about songs that irritate my soul, I usually like erase them from my brain. Oh, oh lord, you I those. really do, like because. I have to hear them and then I'll be like, oh my god, this shit again. So that means you get irritated with a lot of the new rappers. I really do. I really do. I really do. Um, but child, I, I will see this. I will say this. And I know that people are probably gonna like hate me for this, but I don't care. I stand in my truth. I don't give a fuck about you bitches. Say what you want. Okay. But when Hotline Blame came out. How could you not like Hotline Because Bang? here's my thing. You used to call me on my... You this is my to, issue. And mind you, the bad part about it is is that I love Erica Badu's version. Listen, I, Erica did what 
very few artists of today will do. Mm-hmm. She took one sample and made a fucking mixtape off of one sample. She made like three songs off of that one beat. That one beat. My favorite is Call You Back. Huh? <laughs> that's why you're my friend, bitch, because that's one of my favorite tracks. I love Call You Back. Oh my gosh. But yes, when I, see, a lot of my irritation comes from people that play songs too much. Mm-hmm. I never get the chance to really appreciate it because I can't get away from it. So you know what? This is why, and they're not paying me for this, but I always will promote it over the panty. Mm-hmm. I dig into Spotify Premium. I'm trying to tell y'all, mm-hmm. when I say playlists, they have playlists on lock. Come on. Playlist, I can't deny it. My playlist be lit on Spotify Premium. Okay. Got it. All right. So, we're going to do like two more. Okay. All right. So, at random, give me, we're going to do these two. Okay. What was the song? What was the first song you related to on a personal level? Oh. Um. I. Oh. We were such messes when we were kids. Oh, weren't we though? But I have to say, the first song I felt on. Um. No, I'm so lying. The first song that I felt on a personal level, Brandy's Truthfully. What album is that on? Never Say Never. Okay, that's probably why I had not heard it. I would say Truthfully, if I'm talking like a breakup song from that same album, um, what is it? Take My Love Away? I forget the name of the exact song right now. It's mm-hmm. Casey. But Truthfully was definitely one of them. Truthfully is definitely one of them. Okay. One of the first songs I remember relating to a lot, a lot, because of everything I was going through at the time, was Drunk by Tweet. Child, first of all, Southern Hummingbird, Mm. certified classic. I'm I'm changing my answer. (laughs) I have a dual answer now. Okay. Fuck that. I have a dual answer, Uh and it's going to reflect in what I'm about to say. Um, there's two, and they're going to be complete polar opposites. Judge your mama. Okay. Not me. Come on. My first answer is going to be K. Michelle's Maybe I Should Call. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Long distance in the way of what could be, even when you're here, you're not with me. She's having a child I should carry. Oh. I'll be damned if y'all get married. Oh. How's the baby? How you adjusting? Y'all got issues. You have problems trusting. Maybe I should let go. I I'm starting to lose focus. But the nights are the coldest. Okay. Oh, you've been walking something. Okay. That listen, anyone of my one of my heart got me through my entire fucking breakup. Okay. It was a masterpiece. Yes. And then on a more personal level, mm. Frank Ocean's self-control. Baby. Okay. I've cried to self-control. Mm. Until you can relate to those lyrics on a personal level, you mm-hmm. won't understand why I love self-control the way I do. Okay. But baby, okay. self-control was some shit. Okay. Well, maybe you want to do two more. Two more. Two more. Yeah, two more. All right. So, what was... Okay. Yeah, I'll read that one. A song that you can listen to on repeat for hours. It's an interlude. 
So that is worth it. Alicia Keys feeling me, feeling you. Hmm. Okay. I've never heard that one. It's an interlude on the diary of Alicia Keys. Okay. So having long conversations on the phone can't get you out of my mind. Okay. Tell me how you feeling me, feeling you. Got it. <clears throat> okay. Every conversation, everything you do gets lost in your days at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Listen, that was the interlude. But songs on repeat. Oh, and it's your favorite song too. If I had to choose the actual song, mm-hmm. just got slowly shortly. <sighs> Baby, let me tell you something about slowly shortly. Okay, that is a breakup song. That is the my breakup anthem. After child, um, ever since that song came out, uh, after each breakup, I put that song on repeat. I can play it for the whole day. I guarantee you I'm over it the next day. Self-serving. I'm feeling a little bit Undeserving. Better. Constantly hurts in me love. Oh! All right. Say, I said, we said, but this. <laughs> All right. So, I have two. Okay. I have a lot, but these two stick out. We try to consolidate y'all because yeah, we're music lovers. So, we're literally off wave. First of all, first of all, I'm gonna go with most recent. Distance by Yabba. That song, it it is literal perfection. I it, it is like a sermon in a song. And then it just gets better because I turn around after falling in love with the song because you introduced me to it. I've never stopped playing it since then. I played it some more. Uh-huh. Then Dawn came out. Then I played it some more, and then I turned around and watched her lyric video for it, and she explained what the song is actually about, and I fell in love with it all over again. I love the I love when she starts wailing at like the end of the song. Oh I think God. everyone loves when she starts going off at the end of the day of song. That song is everything. And then my other one, Super Rich Kid by Frank Ocean. I can play that song forever. Really? Listen, it's everything. Everything. I'm searching for a real love. That's it. Y'all know how I feel about Frank. Y'all know how I feel about Frank. And then last but not least. Okay. I'm going to make you do it, Karen. You ready? I think we're going to add one bonus. Just for the film generous, we're going to add one bonus. A song that reminds you of the first time you fell in love. Damn. Um. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. If you want me to go first, I will. Please do. All right. So mine is "They Don't Know" by John B. Super I'm... cute. <laughs> so the situation was. So y'all remember that coming out story I told y'all about? So after that, he became your nigga. When I got put on punishment, I couldn't see him no more, and all that other stuff. This what he had did. What so he like, did? I couldn't see him no more or whatever. Are you gonna cry? I think I missed a little bit, just a little bit. So then he had like, <laughs> okay. he came over to my school uh, when I got out of school one day, and I didn't know because I couldn't talk to him because I was on punishment and I couldn't use the phone. So he showed up, and y'all, what did he do for you? Tell us we want to know. Yo, what do you do? He had typed out this love letter to me. I sent him a full page. He 
some really, really, really nice pink, but it was like this soft pastel pink with pink roses on it. Oh, oh, he got real and he pretty. put the cursive font on it or whatever, and then he sprayed it with his cologne. I missed it! I missed it! And then he gave me this really, really cute Ro- Looney Tunes Roadrunner plush doll, and he sprayed the plush doll with his cologne. And then when I had opened up the letter, the first line was like, I want you to turn on this song and read this letter to me. And it was John B. They don't know. That is so cute. I was like, like, I love him, friend. I love him. We don't hear gay stories like that no more. Yo, that that was the sweetest thing. And then I was like, uh, I was a smitten kitten after that child. It was, uh, it was a wrap. You know what? One of the first songs I remember listening to, one of the first songs I actually can set. Wait, wait, wait. All right, come on, let me finish. Wait. Right. Because, oh, okay. Because I'm a sentimental person and this song has sentimental value. Uh, I want to make sure I say this right. So mm-hmm. let me open my Apple Music real quick. Mm-hmm. Who is it by? Uh, hold on, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to shock mm-hmm. the world with my song, child. Mm-hmm. Baby, uh, now I can't. I don't think I could play it right now, which is okay. But there's a song from Avalon called okay. "Rock and Roll Gangster." Rock and Roll Gangster. <sighs> okay, by Avalon. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would play the entire thing. I ain't gonna play the entire thing. So my, look, when I talk about my Aries, there's one song in particular. One night we had watched the Boondocks. Okay. And the song at the end, he starts singing it out loud. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> he was like, you never heard the song before. I was like, no. Like, there's a ten, there was a ten year age gap between gotcha. the two of us at the time. So like I never heard it. He's like, I'm about to play it now. And it was Avalon's Rock and Roll Gangster. Ever since I always associated with that memory because I'm like, I had never heard anyone ever mention the song besides him. Gotcha. So yeah, the first time I fell in love, that I knew I was in love, Rock and Roll Gangster. Love it. Love it. Alright, y'all. I would say we have one more. You think one more? No, I don't have any more. You sure? Yes, I'm sure. I, I swear you. you had a whole list. I no. just didn't look at the whole thing. No, that was it. You lying. No, I'm serious. You just didn't want to have fun. Whatever. Anyway. You just didn't want to have fun. All right, y'all. I'm putting the lid on this pot. Thank you for participating in my shenanigans this week. But before we go. That's right. How make you feel, friend? Oh, Lord. So, I'm going to do just one. We're going to save the other one for next week. We oh, Lord. So... This one comes from We the Urban on IG. We love y'all over here. Okay. And it says, practice telling yourself I'm better than this poor experience someone is trying to give me and moving on with your life. Mm. Let me read it again. Practice telling yourself, quote, I'm better than this poor experience someone is trying to give me, end quote, and then moving on with your life. How do you make you feel? You know, I read that one and I was like, how often do we just see some bullshit coming 
and we step in it anyway and allow people in our space. And we just think that it's a, that it's the most acceptable shit ever. Like ever. <sighs> we just let it ride, we let it rock. We know that it's not good for us. And we stay going back for more. You gotta practice like, you know what? I see what this shit is. Just walk away. Like, honestly, it's kinda like I treat that kind of situation like how we were children and we were told don't touch the stove. But our curious asses would still turn on the fucking eyes and look at the flame and then hell, we might be even tempted to fucking touch it. That's normally the love that's normally the love you don't need in your life. It's a flame that you know automatically you can't touch because it's gonna lead to disaster and you still reach out for it and yearn to experience it. That's it. That's it. And that's all I got for you. We got a mental health tip this week. Do you want to go first? No. No, you don't? I don't. You don't have one then? No. Well, we don't have one this week at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had to look, I'm like, wait. I yeah. swear I thought of one and then I forgot it. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. We drop enough nuggets throughout the whole episode. Y'all will, sure. y'all will be all right without a mental health tip this week. That's right. So... <laughs> Yes, thank you for tuning in with us. We appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all make doing y'all part and keeping us around. We need y'all to like, rate, subscribe. We need to those listener letters. We need business inquiries. We want to do things, and then, but we need y'all help and support in order to do it. That's right. Jump on it. In the words of Luther, jump, jump to it. Yes, and in that same regard, we talked about a lot of music today, and what I'm going to do. What about it? All of the songs that we mentioned during the music feeling section, I'm going to put them in an Apple playlist and we're going to post it <laughs> to the Who Raise Your Hose uh, podcast Twitter site. He's going to give y'all things this week. Things. I and think, then when I know, post it, I, I want you guys to, if you heard a question or an emotion that you really relate to, let us know which songs y'all liked in this list. Give us your feelings connected to these songs. So, I think that'll be a really dope idea. Yeah. I think you should create a playlist. It's time. Absolutely. You. It's time for you to do a playlist. Yeah, we're going to do the things. We're going to do the things. I can't wait to see this. Yeah. All right, y'all. We out of this bitch. See y'all next week. I mean, at one at an hour and 45 minutes. Yes, y'all. We out of here. That's right. See y'all again next week. I got to cook. <laughs> Bye. Bye.